And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Heather Havenwood, and welcome to another edition of Like a Boss Insights with influencers, entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. So here's the deal. As you know, go check it out at heatherhavenwood.com, or you can find us on iHeart, Spotify, iHeart. Oh, would I say that one already? Spotify, Pandora, Google Play. There's thousands of places that we're at. So please, please, please go check us out and give us a like and comment. All right, I'm super excited about today because it's a subject matter that I actually did some videos on a couple of years ago about finding your coach. And I'll be sharing my personal story about coach and coaches and all that kind of fun stuff throughout this interview. But seriously, if you've ever considered being a coach, having a coach, or anything in between, or what the heck a coach is, this is a really good interview. So please, please, please listen up. And again, my name is Heather Havenwood. If you ever want to talk to me, you can actually go to ask. HeatherAnn.com, AskHeatherAnn.com. That is my chat bot, and I'm the only one that actually responds to it, other than my little bot sometimes. So, all right, so go check it out. Okay, I'm super excited about our interview today. Melinda J. Kelly from um, Los Angeles, are you there? I'm here. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. This is a really interesting subject, coaching. I'm going to kind of share my personal story intertwined and sharing about your journey and your book about coaching and being a coach and having a coach and like there's all I've been in the coaching business surrounded by the coaching business since 1999. So I actually would love to share my personal story inside of that a little bit. But I think that coaching is a kind of phenomenon. And there's actually now a new course on how to be an executive coach at Harvard. So that's fascinating, right? I really think that it's taken a new turn. So let's introduce to everyone who you are, Melinda J. Kelly. So here's your, who you are. With a lifetime in privately held publishing and business counseling firm, life looked easy and effortless. When change came, as it usually does, suddenly there are more questions than answers. And finding the answers for her new life, Melinda J. Kelly discovered that perhaps it was the questions that were more fun to entertain than searching for all the answers. Her book, Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within, is her experiences and meditations on her journey. So welcome. Well, thank you so much. So that's interesting. So I'm super curious, based on your bio, what was the change that was happening? I, after a lifetime being in a family 
business, which is wonderful. The things that are wonderful, you get to work with family. The things that are crazy making, are that you get to work with family. And had come to a place where I'd taken the business over and where we had been innovative in the 70s and cutting edge in the 90s and literally on the crest of the wave in the 2000s with technology and change, had to look at what was going on. And did I have the energy or the passion to completely reinvent it and take it into the next direction? Mm. That's a really big question. And I realized I had done this my entire life. It was second nature. I was good at it, but it didn't excite me. And that's a really hard answer. Mm-hmm. And so brings you to the next question, which is, uh-oh, where do I go now? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point is like when people hit a wall, we all hit those walls in our lives. It could be relationships. It could be, you know, whatever business is like, I love the, uh, it's a, it's a quote by Oprah, which is really, I mean, it's not even Oprah's, but she says, what's the next step? You know, she says, sometimes it's that, that simple question of what is the next step? So what brought you to coaching in that world? Is that kind of where you sought out a coach at that time? What'd you do? I realized that I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> And uh, just because you're good at something, you know, doesn't mean you should stay there. And I started to look at what were some of my old dreams. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oddly enough, like a lot of adults, I put all my dreams, my daydreams and everything aside. I feel sometimes we forget how to dream. We're so busy pursuing whatever we're pursuing. Mm -hmm. And someone recommended someone they had worked with to sort of re-energize that old muscle And I ended up having a lovely relationship. That was my first contemporary coaching relationship. Mm. When you say relationship, you're talking about coaching relationship, right? Where, yes, I am. I'm going to someone for assistance and help. And they are taking me through a guided path towards my dream. Yeah, it's interesting with coaching, right? So I always, I have this story, I have a, a video out there. You're welcome to go check it out, people. But um, one of the, the video I have out there is the day that my dad fired me, I had to get a coach. <laughs> so it was like when in my 20s, I called my father in kind of this, like, I don't know what to do with my life, you know, thing. One of those crying tantrums. I remember I'm in Vail, Colorado with my friend <laughs> and this gorgeous resort. And I'm calling him with just this despair in life. And he goes, I can't do this anymore. You have to get a coach. I'm firing myself or something like that. And so I was like, what? You're, what do you mean you're firing yourself as my father? Like, that's, you can't do that. You know, so, and then he said, go get a coach. And he gave me uh, names of like five people. And I said, how do I pick a coach? Like, what, what is that? You know, and uh, I actually, he just said, well, here's what you do. You call each one. This is what he said. Call each one. Have, a, have their call, discovery call. And you'll like, no, like you'll know. And so I picked a woman, Marla, and I had Marla as my first coach for seven years. Crazy, right? So I think it's, it's, a, it's a personal thing. So tell me how long did you have your first coach and what was the experience? I'm very thankful to say it was a very good experience. And in that capacity, probably for a year and a half, two years. And what I appreciated is it was all about my speed and my process. Mm-hmm. And I feel the best coaches listen to what you're saying verbally, but they're also listening to when you explain where you want to go, 
the map you're drawing that you may not realize is what you want to do and was very fortunate with that. Yeah, I always talk about some people make the difference between, let's just dis distinguish this, between mm -hmm. a mentor and a coach. There's a very distinction. So a coach, a good coach, let me distinguish that. A good coach can actually not know anything about your business. Like you could be an insurance, you could be a surgeon, okay, like a doctor, heart surgeon. And the coach actually doesn't do that at all, okay? However, that coach, a good coach can coach you because a coach has an ability to be a third entity, third person, and to ask you questions and to ask you, where do you want to go and support you in that vision and making sure you're making the decisions such that you're going in that right way. I mean, that's a good coach. And some of the times when people come to me, when they look at me as a coach, they're like, well, you're not in my industry. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know? And I think that that's one of the false nomenclatures of a coach. I mean, you see people on the side of it who football coach or basketball coach or whatever, they might not have ever even played, but they can coach the game, right? It's a, it's a very different view. So I think that people don't understand there's a collapse. Well, you know, Michael Jordan might not make a great coach. He's a great player. Doesn't mean that he's a great coach and vice versa. There's some people that are great players and not great coaches. Some people are great coaches and not great players. I think that's a huge distinction. So what is your book about? Tell us about why you chose to write this book now? I like to say I stubbed my toe and I don't want anyone else to stub theirs. Nice. I love it. As I was going and working with people, I was very fortunate. The majority of people that I chose to work with were phenomenal. And I had great constructive relationships. And I say it's really important to trust your instincts, to trust but verify if you can get recommendations or referrals. But you know when you're speaking with someone, if you, if you resonate, if they're speaking your language, if they have your values. Mm -hmm. And what I found is, I like to say my aspirational self showed up to something. And I'd worked with this person. They were fabulous. I loved everything about them. And I signed up for something, and I never should have done that. Because mm -hmm. I was so not ready. You are not ready. So... Let's go down this let's, let's let's go down this process a little bit because this is interesting. Mm -hmm. So you have a discovery call or some kind of connection with them. Mm -hmm. You like them. You are res when I mean like like there's a resonation connection mm -hmm. piece. Mm -hmm. So then you sign up for did you sign up for group coaching or one-on-one coach? What did you sign up for? Something, a course? It was a um it was a program different it was the first offering of a program they had which was basically more business focused to pushing you to the next level okay so a bit like a business group coaching program so it was a combination of the two got it okay so when was the moment you after you signed up that you were like oh this wasn't a good idea was it just a resistance and fear or was it really not a good idea what what was that there's a difference there there's a huge difference and i had to own pure terror what have i done and then you go over it and say, no, I can do this. I believe I can do this. And then as I was through the process, I realized, no, I wasn't ready. And I hadn't really listened to myself. I was hoping I could be there. But it's like your castle of dreams in the sky. If you don't have stairs, it doesn't matter how beautiful it is. Right. I hadn't put my stairs in yet. Right. So, I had to ask myself as I looked at other people getting fabulous results, okay, is it them or is it me? 
And of course, it, we want it to be them. It's not us. Right. Of course. But I had to go, no, maybe I need to own this. Maybe, maybe I hadn't been true with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So coaching's fascinating, right? I mean, just so you know, my father's in the coaching business. He started a coaching business in 1999. My very first uh, business plan I did in 1999, my first internet marketing course was uh, build, uh, your, is it build your business coach. I forgot the your favorite business coach or something.com. It failed obviously. But the point was the, the, the point of the business was to connect you with the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going blank on my, the name of the URL that I got, but that, that was the whole point of it. And so the coaching business, I've been in that business for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. I've always had a coach probably the last like 20 years or has it really been a year or two that I haven't had one. And people might think that's weird. One of the things I think it's really fascinating about coaches is that good ones. Let me say refer that again, is that good coaches don't give opinions unless requested. Good coaches really are that third entity and they don't intertwine themselves into that person's life. They don't become their best friend ever because the moment they do, they're no longer a coach. Make sense? As soon as they're their friend, you're out of being the coaching realm. And so I wanted to see in, in your book, do you go through the process or do you share the differences between like mentorship, advisor, coach? Do you break that down at all? No. And I can see you have such an absolutely unique perspective because you literally watch this all unfold. Oh yeah. And one of the things I do touch in briefly is we've always gone to people for assistance, but it's got a new name now. And for the past 20 years, it's been a coach. And because we no longer go to the people we know or a trusted advisor, we now go to coaches and I think it's important to understand that because we're not dealing with someone we know and understands, we need to know ourselves. I believe everyone goes into coaching with the best of intentions. I don't believe anyone is there to not give you their best, but their best may not be enough for you. But if I don't know what I'm asking for, you could give me the keys to the kingdom and I don't know how to open the door. Right. You can't hear it. I've had clients like that before where I knew that what I was speaking, they can't even hear, if that makes sense. They can't actually get what I just said, how profound that was for them. They can't hear it. But I'm the same way, right? I mean, I've had dear, dear friends who have, who are coaches. I remember one of my, my favorite friends who, by the way, I wouldn't say friend, he was a coach in business and he was a coach to me. I don't even like the guy, <laughs> but he really gave me some amazing advice. And because of our relationship that way as a coach, he was able to give it to me and I was able to hear it. I think if some stranger gave it to me, I probably would have told him to F off or something. But I mean, one of the things he said to me was, Heather, you guys start, start giving yourself permission to fail. And that was hard to hear. And I'm like, well, it's easy for you to say or something like that. He's like, no, the moment you start giving yourself permission to fail is at the moment you give yourself permission to succeed. Right. Oh. I so believe that because we, we expect everything to be perfect. We no longer question anymore. We're all about the answer and the perfect answer, but you can't get there without asking a question or two and even risking asking a dumb question or two. Right. So what do you do now, Melinda J. Kelly? And Bonnie, you can find her at melindajkelly.com. What do you do now? Well, right now I'm having a wonderful time with this book and discussing it. And one of the aspects of my book that 
as I say, I don't want anybody to bruise their, you know, stub their toe. And I want everyone to have that professional relationship that really helps them and gets them where they want to be. But more than that, now that we've got all this great knowledge and information, where are we going? Do we want to be successful? Do we want to be happy? Do we want to be happy and successful? Do, do we even understand there's a difference or that they're together? For us to look at our lives in a bigger context than just running from A to B to C, but to look at that which is going to fulfill and sustain us. Yeah, so, okay, got it. So what is the difference there between happiness and success and success and happiness? I mean, do you coach this yourself or is this your own experience? Tell us about that. This is a quote that has taken me a lifetime to fully appreciate and understand. It was a... um, Silly little graduation gift of a pillbox, little Limoges box, that said, success is getting what you want, but happiness is wanting what you get. Right. Happiness is getting what you what? Say it again. Success is getting what you want. Okay. But happiness is wanting what you get. Happiness is wanting what you get. Oh, okay, so it's basically, it's not accepting what you get. It's actually saying, I wanted that. So well, happiness I, is wanting what you get, right? I, I, you know, I have friends that are, I have friend, two friends that are attorneys. That's a huge accomplishment. That is success. Passed their bar, done everything. And they're in their careers, and they suddenly realize this isn't making them happy. Now, they're successful. Right. They're brilliant women that have accomplished a million different things. Well, now they could just keep going forward. Or they could say, do I dare myself to challenge myself? Do I reinvent myself? How do I take this either into a parallel field of work? Or do I do something completely different? Mm -hmm. So they were willing to look at what was an external success Mm-hmm. And see if they could parlay that into personal happiness as well. Well, it's interesting, right? So first of all, it's not, I'm shocked that the lawyers aren't happy. <laughs> um, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. See my shock face? I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean, honest, come on. Who could be happy being a lawyer? I mean, my lawyers, I got lawyers on speed dial. They're not happy. And they're friends of mine. I go, now I have lunch with them and dinners because like, they're not happy. You know, I mean, Think about it. Like, if you think about lawyers and what they do, they have to have all the answers. Imagine that pressure. You have to walk around all the time, like, you got it up, you know? And then someone, like, boxing you, it's like an argument. And, you know, I've been to lunch with them, and, like, the servers, like, says something. That wasn't just an argument. The server. They don't even mean, they don't even think they're arguing. I'm like, you're arguing with the server. They're like, no, I'm not arguing with the server. Of course you're arguing. So my point, my point is, I'm, like, shocked. That, you know, I think I, I went almost down the lawyer road. I almost went down the doctor road. And here I am, like, at the, I don't even know what business I'm in, to be honest, at this point. I think that part, the good thing about coaches, in my experience, coaches don't give advice. So lawyers give advice. Doctors give advice. Uh, sometimes consultants give advice, right? We go to them for advice. They have to have the answers. Coaches don't have the answers. Coaches, good coaches, ask the questions. I do find it fascinating, though, and i love to know what you think of this, that Harvard and um, is it Princeton? I know Harvard has now what I call a curriculum that you can get Harvard Executive Coaching certified or something like that. It's not exact. And I just, and it was like $30,000, of course. 
And I thought, um, wow, that's fascinating because when I got into the coaching business, it was kind of a bad word, you know, your bestfitcoach.com. There's the name of that website that I created, but now it's, it's kind of a common conversation. What do you, I mean, when you first got into it, was it kind of a taboo thing with your family or was it like, Oh, that's cool. You have a coach or was that like, Oh, that's weird. I mean, did you have any of that going on for yourself or your family? I'm fortunate that I didn't. I feel a lot of people do get pulled back because that's one of those questions you need to ask yourself as well. If you're hiring somebody, you're taking money from one part of your pocket of pennies. And if you're in a, your family is, you know, are they going to be supportive of that or the time it's going to take from that? So I did not have that experience of people going, what are you doing? Of course, I'm also fortunate that my friends and family have been very supportive. I, when you talk about the schools, we've been in the wild west of coaching, oh, like yeah, the wild west of therapy and the wild west of, you know, massage therapy. And there's this tendency to suddenly want to clamp on and give it parameters and definition mm -hmm. because every so often there is someone who does something that doesn't work and people get angry. So it should, if this is the new future that it, we're literally getting credentialed in it, it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. And if coaching morphs into a whole nother name, because suddenly coaching is now, you have to have certain credentials to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't. So first of all, I'm a coach. I've been in business for a long time. I have zero credentials. I'm completely happy with that. <laughs> I am, but I also have, you know, for me, it's 20 years experience in business mm -hmm. and 20 years experience in coaching, being coached, being the recipient as well as being like, it's just one of those things for me. I've been like kind of swimming in that world for a really long time, but there have been people ask me sometimes the credentials, like, I don't need bring credentials. Ask, you know, Tony Robbins doesn't have any credentials. You know, just, you know, Warner or Landmark. I mean, there's a ton of people that don't have, however, however, with that said, I think that it is getting to a point and I think it's a good thing to have some structure to it. Cause not everyone, you know, literally breathed coaching since they were 23. I've been breathing coaching since I was 23 on accident because my father got into coaching and he thought it was remarkable. So his whole world was, I'm no longer going to be a father. I'm just going to keep walking. But that's your, that's your family business. Yeah, yeah. It's it your family business and you have decades of success decades. in it. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it, in, in, to his detriment as well as, you know, positive things to my father who probably is not even listening. Who knows? Probably not. He, you know, in a way he was like, I don't want to be a father anymore. You guys have a coach to me. That's how I took it at the time. But the other piece that he did was it gave me this weird permission because think about it. I'm literally sharing my soul, sharing my problems to a stranger and it's not a counselor or a therapist who basically is trying to, for me, it's like a fixing. A coach never tries to fix you. A coach is just kind of like here as a space to have you hear yourself. That's a good coach actually gives you this, what I call space to be able to, as you said, listen to yourself. A good coach does that. A good coach does that. And you know, a good coach after a while will go, well, this is what's going on. Let's ask you, let's ask yourself some questions and then tell Ask yourself what's really there. Like you find the answers. My job is to help you find the answers inside of you, right? And give agree. you guidance of that. I think that's what a true 
good coach does, honestly. Now, there's variances of that, you know what I mean? But on the core level of it is that's the piece. And I'm, you know, I have my own clients and some of them are awesome, some of them are not. I've had all my clients are been incredibly successful. But one of the things I think interesting, I'm dealing with this right now personally, is I have a client right now, she's constantly what I call forcing me to give her advice. And I, it's kind of like, I'm, that's not my role. You know, that's not my role. And, and the problem with that is that if I just give advice and then they don't take it and then they don't hit their goals, who are they blaming? Coach, right? Yeah. So it's happened a couple times in the conversation and I, and I'm just sharing this because I think it's really interesting. I had to take on, myself, I had to think to myself, am I taking on accountability, like being accountable for her goals? And I think I am. And I'm like, I, that's not the job of a, of a coach. See the difference between a coach and advisor is like, my job is not to be an employee is to be accountable for her goals. My job is to listen to her goals, find out the best direction, help her see the new space to do that and be supportive. There's a difference of supportive and accountability, right? I think that's interesting. What do you say you on you? I agree with you completely because if you just want someone to yes you, those are your friends. Right, right. Or know you. <laughs> and, and it's very hard because, as I said, I believe, I believe that most coaches are in this for the best reason. And you are seeing the future. You're seeing the possibility. You're seeing everything that could happen if you could just do this and at some level you bought into their dreams for them and with them and it's hard to see them not being able to accept them but that's the fine distance in the line you need to hold because you're opening the door for them but if they don't want to go through it you can't make them leave the nest right there's there's this is fine line you know it's it's interesting and like i said i've I grew up in the business and it's changed a lot back in the day, um, like 99, 2005 saying the coach was like weird, you know, what are you coach of a football team or something? You know, it was like strange. Now it's like, Oh, you're like a life coach. You know, so there's like these boxes, you know, and there is some, a lot of, I'm so open to it. And there, I'm just constantly having coaches in my life. Even Tony Robbins talks about how he has coaches life to the next level. Oprah talks about it taking, because a coach can see your, excuse my language, shit. They can see the crap that you can go pull that out, pull that out before you can see it. And that's the power of it. They're not your friend. They're not your sister. They're not your mother, their father. They are like a third entity and you're paying them. So there's a whole nother level of that. Like I paying you for you to say this to me. You know what I mean? So there's like a, what? I just paid you to say that to me. I did, but it's true. And once you move away from me, you're like, oh, they're, they still got my number, you know, because they're, they can say the truth without an upset. You know, that's the power of it. When my sister says something to me that probably was the same thing my coach said, I'm going to tell her she's wrong because she's my sister. You know, you're wrong. Shh, give me the Coke. You know, whatever. But like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to tell her she's right. That would just throw off the big sister, little sister thing. You know, so I think part of it is being, it's a, it's a powerful thing to have. Where did you see your life go differently after you got a coach, Melinda? What was the before and after. Can you give us like a, a snapshot? The before was 
I'm not sure. Do I just, you know, trudge through? Do I keep yeah. going? And it was very scary to sort of re-embrace old dreams. Mm. I've been told my entire life I should write. Well, it's official. It's written. People may agree or disagree, but it is written and it is my little baby. Mm. And that's a very scary thing to put your word out there and to know that people are going to agree, disagree. They're going to tell you you're right, you're wrong, you're brilliant, you're a fool. And that's all true and legitimate. It's their perspective. So that was a hard thing to embrace an old dream and to see it to fruition. And now is the next level of where do I take this dream? And so keeping my eyes open to where that can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, so first of all, I completely understand putting your words out there. It is your baby because uh, when you write a book from your heart, from your soul, it's like birthing. <laughs> first of all, it takes way more than nine months <laughs> um, sometimes. Um, but it is your view on life, especially if it's your personal story. It is definitely a birthing process. And then it kind of takes, sometimes it takes a life of its own, you know? Um, so what's your wife life look like now? What are you creating now? What are you up to? What I'm creating now is I've been asked to put together a mastermind on the power of questions. And so I have fallen madly in love with the questions. I don't think we embrace them enough. And I really believe they give us power, quality, control. They give us answers that are just beneath the surface if we're brave enough to ask them. Um, that's what, awesome. What do you mean more about the questions? Tell me more about that. What did you mean by that specifically? Like, tell us more about that process. Well, my process is you were talking about when you're dealing with the coach and all the different roles. I had to ask myself, what are my relationships with my parents? Am I seeking approval with a coach? Am I treating them as a surrogate parent? Am, do I have an issue with authority? If you tell me I should be doing something, do I suddenly pull in my little five-year-old and go, I don't want to do that? Do I need to be liked? Am I willing to say I will do anything so that I feel that you like me? All of these little layers just were suddenly going in with just the relationship with, with working with the coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel too often we don't take the time to really look at something in the numerous dimensions it offers. We sort of just go, oh, yeah, got it. And yet there's so much more to everything. And slowing down and taking a moment to go, you know, I never considered that, only helps to improve every aspect of our life. So you're being super cute right, about it, right? Because more my five-year-old's like, I don't want to. Like, that's more like mine, right? I don't know what yours is like, but mine's more like, oh, I don't want to. Like, I, you can't make me. That's that that is my, that's every inner five-year-old. Right. But like, you're so cute about it. You're like being very logical about it. Mine's like more screaming around, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> you can't make me. Or bell, 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 bell. And then like behind closed doors, I'll do it. <laughs> like, you can't make me do that. And I'll go to the other door. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't want them to see that I just did that. Or realizing my, my little five-year-old needed a timeout, needed to just step away, go sulk, and go, okay, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've gotten, I mean, I, I just hired someone recently, a new coach on something, and major, major conversations in the very first call. And I just was like, this is hurting, you know, but I'm coachable. I know how that looks. I'm like, I'm coachable. Just one second. 
oh, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going in. You know, and so she's laughing and because she's like, I know you're coachable, it's fine. I know you can handle it, right? And you have to, and also a good coach knows when to what I call be harsh and also to like be compassionate. Um, and that's really challenging to be, right? I, I'm, um, I call myself the loving dominatrix coach because <laughs> I'm pretty, anyone who's coached with me is listening like, no, no. I'm like, and then I love on you. I call it, I, I like whip. And then I'm like, I like hug on you. Like, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then they're like, ah! I'm like, it's okay. Relax. So, but it always comes out the other side better. Right. And it's called the domination. <laughs> I like the new title. Uh, the dominatrix love coach. Um, I don't know. That might work quite well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's that motherly kind of like, I'm going to give you the harsh reality and I'm also going to like love on you and compassion with you, but not be accountable for it. So it's, that's kind of my take. But that would also be yeah. whoever you're working with has given you, they know themselves and they're clear with what they need. Yeah. And the first time that you work together that way, you're paying attention to how they receive it, but they're also paying attention. So it allows both of you to build greater and greater trust and accountability. But that gets back to knowing yourself. And that also gets back to permission. And we got to wrap it up here. But that goes back to permission. That's a big one. That's a big one. So when you're in that coaching relationship, there's a permission that's happened. Like when you're on that quote unquote coaching call, there's already a permission and trust that's been established. So like I've had people in my life who are friends and they start like we're at lunch or dinner and they start, I go, don't coach me. I didn't give you permission for that. Like I'm not in that space. No, 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 no. Do not coach me. Do not coach me. No, no, no. I never asked for that. I'm sharing with you. And if you see something, maybe you can ask for me, but it's, it's interesting flight, but I'm very much on a program I call permission based coach. So like even in my group coaching, when I'm doing right now, I'm doing a course and we're in a group setting and I can see something for someone, even though we're in that setting, I'll say, do you mind if I coach you here? I'm going to coach you here for a second. Are you okay with that? And I get permission because if not, people are resistant. But if you're like, they're like, okay, they're, she's going to say something. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to like hear it. You know, even if they might be resistant, they're at least willing to go. Yeah. Okay. I said, yes. I said yes to it. What, what you got, you know, there's at least that openness to, to be able to look. And if they say, no, I'm not open to done. You know, that's huge in the world of coaching. And that's a problem with, I think a lot of quote unquote life coaches today, they go around what I call spewing coaching. Those are coaching the barista at Starbucks, you know? <laughs> and it's like, they didn't ask for that. Yeah, well, but that, you become accidentally the nosy neighbor who's uh, stepping in to improve everyone's life while theirs is what it is. Right, right. And it's, it's kind of a nu nuance. I know for myself, I, I know my coaching is extremely powerful. So mm -hmm. I'm now more the, I do not coach unless I'm, I'm requested or in the particular space. Or like it's a permission. I don't just go around spewing that. One, it devalues me. Mm -hmm. um, it also doesn't help them at all because they're not going to be open to it. But three, you know, I, I've been around so long and I'm very good at it that I want to be able to, when I do it, it lands in a place where people are open to potentially looking at something, right? If not, it was a waste of my energy. And I think that that's a big thing with coaches and coaching. They have to realize the power they have. Mm -hmm. Good ones. And yeah. that they have, they have a power that's pretty powerful. And if they just, what I call spew it, it devalues it, you know? Well, and also it wasn't asked for. It wasn't asked for. It's a big one. And you're offering an incredible gift 
but it's not one anybody asked for. So it's, as you said, it devalues it. But the other is they aren't going to hear it at all because they're just looking at you as a busybody instead of going, I've just been given the gift of a lifetime. Right, right, right. So true. Um, Okay, MelindaJKelly.com, MelindaJKelly.com. Is your book on Amazon? Yes, it is. Of course, of course. Was it? Everything's on Amazon, right? Um, so go check it out at melindajkelly.com. Name, say the name of your book again, please. It is Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within. And I hope that you take the time to dive deep within and to know yourself so that whenever you work with someone, you get the best results. And thank you. This has been so wonderful. And thank you for expanding all of us to be like a boss, to think like a box. And to, and to take ownership of our lives to be our best boss. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that, Melinda, very much. Um, we'll go check her book at melindajkelly.com. Go ahead and take a, pull up your book real quick of the video so people will see it. You'll hear listening. No, that's finding your coach. That's a really good piece. I'm really glad you wrote that book. I think it's an underserved market and people understand how do you find a coach versus just being coached at. I think it's really great that you wrote it. So congratulations to you and your success. Please find her at melindajkelly.com. My name is Heather Havenwood. Check us out at um, heatherhavenwood.com, as well as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and soon to be a Pandora, and anywhere else you can find Like a Boss Show. Heather Havenwood, check us out at heatherhavenwood.com. Bye for now. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.